0: Welcome to Revitalize and Replant with Mark Clifton, where we equip pastors to take their churches from declining to thriving by pointing them to a new future and a new hope. Join us weekly for encouragement and practical advice in your pastoring journey. Wow. Can you believe this? What? Believe what? We're all here together. We are. We're all, all of, here together again. Right, all of us. It's yeah, uh, it's uh, what's the name of the, the podcast? Revitalize uh, and...
1: Revitalize and
0: replant. And
2: replant and reflect. Reflect.
0: Repay, actually. Revitalize <laughs> and... Replant with Mark Clifton. I'm Dan Hurst. There's Mark Clifton and Mark Halleck sitting over here once again yes. in the hallowed halls of Spurgeon Library at yeah. Midwestern Seminary. This is
1: sort of home base for us. It I is guess. interesting. You know, Spurgeon... well, it's better
0: than the trailer that the Nam that had offered that's, us. That's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're at we're Spurgeon Library in Kansas City. It's kind of our home base. But then we take this show on the road, as they say. We're still waiting, I think, for someone to... Gateway.
2: That's right. We want to go. Out,
1: we want to go to Gateway yeah. and also uh, the Hawaii Baptist Convention. <laughs> That's right. Anytime <laughs> they would like to ask us, we've been we've been to New Orleans Seminary. Yep. And we've been uh, a few other places on the road. Been to Denver. Yep. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll take this show on the road. Hey, uh, why are we even here? Well, oh, well,
0: introduce you. Oh, this is Dan. Yeah. Well. And, and I'm Mark. and yeah. This is Mark. Mark had a very short night last night, so we will just kind of have to. <laughs> we have to kind of hold his hand as we go along here, yeah, we've done that. So anyway, today we're, we're talking about something that, uh, you know, we, we, we jest, but boy, we are talking about something that you, as a pastor, have already dealt with, you may be dealing with right now, you are going to deal with this, and we're going to talk about the issue of conflict resolution. Even as we speak, there is conflict in your church, mm. is there not? And uh, and you're shaking your head north to south right now. Yep, that that affects me. And how you handle conflict is actually the next step to success. If you Mm -hmm. handle it wrong, Mm -hmm. you take a step backwards. That's right. And so we're going to talk about some of those those issues, some of those steps to conflict resolution. Where are we pulling from on this, Mark?
1: We're pulling from a great article, and we'll put this in the show notes. It's a, a great article called Seven Steps to Conflict Resolution. By Peter Kroll and it really takes it from the book of Philippians and you know my my standard conflict resolution has been to kick it down the road hmm. <laughs> that's been because <laughs> I don't I don't like conflict yeah. and uh, I don't want to deal with it and so for many pastors I think we we tend to lean one way or the other as pastors we tend to just want mm-hmm. we tend to want to ignore it hope it'll get better on its own let's just look past it or Some pastors just head bull strong in, I'm going to fix this thing right now. We're going to head this off at the pass. And neither one of those will work. But this is a really good way to help you look at conflict resolution from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Hey, look at the Bible. How about that? That's a novel idea. I realize some of us, but there was a day, man, when we all, a lot of people were doing, um, what was it, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Everybody was doing that. Or all kinds of other management Mm -hmm, books and mm -hmm. things like that and certainly you can learn some things from you know you need to show up on time you need to you know that kind of stuff need to be nice to people (laughs) truthful and honest but i think when it comes to conflict resolution in the church you gotta look at god's word
2: amen
1: i mean let me say that really loud when it comes to conflict resolution in the church you have to look at god's word Mm -hmm. because it is spiritual warfare yeah and i think one of the most encouraging things here in in philippians it's at the end of that book. Well, what a wonderful book of joy, right? I mean, it's it's book, but but at the end of the book, something really unusual kind of stands out. When you look at the end of the book, Paul talks. He names two women by name, and Mark, what are their names? <laughs> oh, take him with that.
0: There you go. Uh,
2: Yudia and Syntyche.
1: Okay, I'll I'll go for that. I mean, it's a good. I think we really guess. know how it was yeah. pronounced, <laughs> but. Um, you know, I'm sure somebody out there had two twin girls, and they named them Sure. That. I don't oh, yeah. know. You <laughs> know they did. I probably did. But he names these two women. Can you imagine? They're sitting in this, you know, wherever they're sitting, and they're reading this wonderful letter from Paul, and it's, oh, it's all about joy. It's all, And then he says, however, and he names these two ladies. Can you imagine how they're, they're you know, mm-hmm. what they thought at that moment? Mm-hmm. And he, he names them, and he names the fact that they're in conflict with each other. And our friend Trevin Wax pointed this out to me, and I have never forgotten it. What they were in conflict over was not a theological issue, because were it a theological issue, Paul would have taken a stand on it. Huh. But he basically doesn't take a stand. It's not a theological issue, they're just they're arguing over something that doesn't matter theologically. Mm. He does not even take a stand, there's not a right one, there's not a wrong one. And that's what happens in church. Sometimes it's not the big theological issues people split over, no. it's personalities, it's our children don't get along, it's you said something to me, it's, it, it's, it's these hmm. things that don't matter theologically. And so using that as a model, we're going to look at seven steps biblically mm-hmm. uh, to do conflict resolution. Mm. Uh, man, it'll, it'll tear you up as a pastor when you've got your church members at each other's throat, or even if it's just sort of below the surface. Yeah. You know, you have communion, right? We take, take the Lord's mm-hmm. Supper. We're supposed to come together. I've, I've done that before where we've you know, we pass the elements and we go through the process. And I know there are people in my congregation who have hard feelings toward each other. Mm. You know, and you just want to say, "Hey, we shouldn't be doing this mm. until you get this worked out." Yeah, but yeah. we don't. We go ahead and pass out the elements you know. and kind of go through the motions, and it doesn't honor the Lord. So, Mark, mm. yeah. help us.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So, in Philippians four four, we begin. The first step is rejoice in the Lord always.
1: Now, I wouldn't think of that as the first step in conflict right, resolution. Right, right. That is a really important part of this text mm. because I think the word "always" means. Always. Always. So when there's conflict in your church, you're supposed to rejoice in that? Unpack that for me just a minute.
2: Well, I mean, I think, again, part of what, and I think what Paul's saying here, is lift your eyes off one another. There you go. (laughs) Lift your eyes to the Lord. Yeah. Have you forgotten? In some ways, here's what happens, and it's true in all of our lives. When you go to the Lord and you humble yourself before him and you rejoice in all that he is and all that he's done for you, Boy, it makes our little squirmishes look pretty ridiculous, yeah. you know? And so I think part of that is is literally lifting your eyes. Where's your focus? Let's go to the Lord and be thankful and for all that he's done. it
1: also means rejoice in the Lord always because what Satan means for, for evil, evil, God can use that's for good. That's right, that's right. Even this conflict, if we will be obedient, God can use it to edify us, to yep. grow the church closer together, to strengthen us. You remember... The first major—it's its encouraging that there was major conflict in the first-century church. Uh-huh. So if there was major conflict in the church where people physically were in the presence of Jesus, it may be conflict in your church 2,000 years later. I mean, that you know, it, it's, it's not going to go away until we get to heaven. But in, in the very first-century church, there was conflict between the Greek widows and the Jewish widows over the distribution of food. Uh-huh. That's not a theological issue. But boy, that's an important issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, what Satan meant to destroy the church, what happened was when they came together and worked it out amicably, then the scripture says many of the priests believed. That's right. They they believed not because the the believers in Jesus were taught said that he raised from the dead because they didn't believe he did, but when they saw the Greek widows and the Jewish widows getting along, mm. then those priests had to say wait a minute there's something unique about yes, this place that's right, that's and the right. priest believed and when the priest believed the church became a threat and that's when they stoned stephen mm. i mean so you could say the great missionary movement began when the church solved a conflict mm-hmm. so conflict in your church is an opportunity for god to show something to you and to the world that you didn't expect so i think that's what it means is really re- good rejoice in the lord always yeah. don't see this conflict necessarily as a thing that's going to blow the church up, mm-hmm. see it as an opportunity to show the congregation how God can work through in conflict if that's we right. focus that's on right.
0: him. Well, and it is the impetus for anything that we do. I mean, joy is mm-hmm. the, the foundation right. for for ministry. It must be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and, and, that, and I think that's why Paul says, uh, and again I say, rejoice. Well, that's true. <laughs> he does, that, doesn't he? Yeah, it, again, is that, it, it is that important. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and it's so hard to remember that. Because it's not our nature to rejoice in conflict. Yeah. It's not our nature to rejoice in suffering. Yeah. It's not our nature to rejoice in, 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 in hard times. I love that. Yeah, and again I say rejoice. Mm-hmm. you want to sing that for us? Rejoice right in the yeah. Lord <laughs> always. Again I say let's, rejoice. Let's go to number rejoice two here, okay?
0: Oh, that, that's a worm <laughs> That'll be in your ear all day long. <laughs> the second one, Brett, kind of fits here correctly. Let your reasonableness ness. Mm -hmm. be known to everyone yeah you know so if we are going to be dealing with conflict the we have to be reasonable now how does that work because everybody thinks they're reasonable yeah
2: well i love what he says here he says you should be the most open and teachable party publicly amputate your own optical log before attempting any spec removal surgery
1: yeah He's keep, talking about the yeah,
2: pastor. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. As a right. pastor, and that's right. true for everyone involved, right? Yeah, is that humility piece of saying, "Hey, man, before you're, you're looking at at uh, the speck everywhere else, what about the log in your own eye?"
1: Right, because he's he's coming, as you say, he's coming from Philippians chapter four verse five, and in that, it, yeah, we know the scripture by heart. It's one that we we, we quote and that we love, um, but in chapter four verse five. See, as I say that I'm looking for it here. Anybody got it? Do we have a Bible? We're at the seminary. Is there, is there a <laughs> Well, there is Spurgeon. There's one in the is, in is his there, library. Is there, a, library. Is there a Bible? A is, there, is there a Bible here? He's got a few. No, I think there is. No, actually, in, in chapter four, verse five, it does it does say this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Hmm. Okay. So we begin with chapter four, verse one. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. So when conflict comes. Rejoice that God can use this for his glory Mm -hmm. and can teach you something, and the church can be stronger on the other side of it, if you handle it correctly. Secondly, let your gentleness be evident to all. As he said, humble yourself first, Pastor. That's right. Don't don't come in there and and think you're better than somebody else. As he said, get rid of the log in your own eye. Be transparent with people about your struggles in the midst of this. Yep. That's really important. Yep.
2: And that word it's interesting you can translate so reasonableness and gentleness can, can be translated in the same way. yeah And absolutely. so gentleness, I love that image yeah. of, of being gentle
1: I do
0: too you know? what are steps of gentleness? I mm-hmm. mean what are you know in, in a very practical way if you're sitting down to discuss an issue, how do I take a step mm-hmm. of gentleness? What do I do? What do I say to be gentle? I, I think you, you can be straightforward and forthright and you should. But I
1: think gentleness is, um, you know, I, I think in terms of remember when a when a shepherd would uh, when the sheep would come into the fold, he often would take some oil. That's why the psalmist says he anoints my head with oil. The, the shepherd the, a lot of times the sheep would they would bite each other or they would get scratched or wounded, and so he would kind of check the sheep as they came into the fold. Mm. And if they had any sores or, boon, or, or bites or whatever, he would take some oil and he would he would rub that on their head. Mm. And I think. As, a, as an under shepherd, gentleness is to gently try to heal the hurts mm. in people's lives, caring and loving them, not lording over them, not being better than they are, mm. not sort of pointing your finger at them, telling them what they're doing wrong, but agree with them, look, we all struggle with these things. I struggle with these things. I daily have to work hard to make sure that I submit my, my will to the will of the Father, yep. and, and in gentleness lead them, yep. not, not in uh, hostility yep. or yep. anger or bossiness but gentleness. And
2: part of that is when you walk into a room, practically, and you're dealing with conflict, I would say your, your body and your tone mm. is what we're talking about. And you, your facial expressions. And your facial expressions. You're coming into that room. What is your presence giving off? Mm-hmm. Is there a gentleness? Is there a, a softness? Is there a, I'm with you and I love you and I'm
1: for you? This isn't going to help anybody but the few people who knew my dad. But you knew my dad. Mm. Would you not say that that describes my dad? Oh, the epitome. Yeah. he would walk yeah. in a room it could be tremendous conflict in a, in a room yeah. my dad walks in and just his sweet mm. gentleness mm-hmm. his his, you would walk in and you just go okay the, the whole temperature has come yeah, down yes. yeah he's lowered yeah. the temperature and listen guys i've been in some places where some of you come in and you raise the temperature and you raise it that's right you're gonna fix this we're gonna uh-huh. quit fighting and you raise that temperature yeah so again let your gentleness and reasonableness be oh, know to everyone. Yeah, Philippians good. chapter four, verse five. Number three, what's number three? Again, Rem- go re- ahead. Remember the Lord is at hand. Again, which is from Philippians chapter four, verse five. Mm-hmm. Remember the Lord is at hand. the reason we can be confident and have joy in him, the reason we can be gentle is because the Lord is here. Amen. He's, that's with right. us. Yep. He's not you're not alone. Nope. You'll you'll not go undefended forever. Mm-hmm. And as our writer says, the Lord battles every The Lord bottles, I love this, the Lord bottles every tear you shed, Mm. and he will avenge you. Mm -hmm. False accusations won't survive in eternity. Can I just, Mm. can we just take a minute and meditate Mm. on that? False accusations will not survive in eternity. Mm. Your master sees everything you say and do. He won't condone any actions you take to to defame others whose names are written in the book of life. Mm even if you think they deserve it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's worth the price of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I mean, we all are accused from time to time Mm -hmm. of things that we didn't do. And it, it, it hurts us and we get defensive, but I love the fact that the Lord
0: knows that's and right.
1: eternity will show and we leave the battle up
0: to him i love the picture of remember the Lord is at hand i love thinking of it as you know the Lord showed up here before we did that's right mm-hmm. you know so we've come to yeah. address this issue and the Lord already came into this room and cleaned it up before Man, we that's got so here. good Dan. And so He when, is at hand so when there's when there's challenge and, and,
1: and conflict in your church number one rejoice in the Lord always even in the conflict number two be reasonable and gentle Number three, remember the Lord is at hand, and he will always defend you, yes. and any false accusations will not be there for all eternity, and we've got to be careful about accusing those and whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. And then fourthly, of course, this is the verse we all quote, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication yep. let your requests be made known to God. Or, as I rememberized it in the Living Bible in <laughs> high school— Come don't on. worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. I, I, I re- memorized that in awesome. in high school in the Living Bible. Um, but here, here's what he says. Our writer says, don't be anxious about conflict. Ask God to resolve it. Mm. You know, I fear conflict and confrontation. My heart rate quickens my body trembles i i i'm quick to seek human counsel and clarify my side of the story there it is but i must be quicker to seek the lord's counsel yes yes you know i think that's such wise counsel guys go to this go to our go to the show notes in here print this article off by by our brother peter kroll and let this be a guide to you and how to how to work through conflict don't be anxious about the conflict ask God to resolve it. Number six. Number five. Number five. Number five. Yeah, here we go.
2: Guard your heart and mind with the peace of God, even when it does not make sense uh, to do so.
1: Can you read verse seven if you've got that, Clifton? Sure. I got it here. Hang on just a second. What a great verse. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm, mm-hmm. Let's go back and read the whole thing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The rejoicing conflict. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Mm. Oh, what a great word. And then the peace of peace God, God,
0: which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts yeah. and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. Isn't it interesting that Guard, when we use the word guard, we normally t- think of like a military position. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guard mm-hmm. something, I'm going to protect something, yeah. I'm going to stand up against something. And yet this verse says the way to do that is with peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just the opposite it of, is the of opposite. what guard yeah. is, you know, mm-hmm. the way we think of guarding. You know, I've got to guard my position, i got yes. to hold my position. And this says, no, 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 no. It's, it's the peace of God that actually resolves the issue. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so when someone, you know, complains against you— Whatever you've done as a pastor, you know, you shouldn't have moved to our Sunday school class <laughs> to a new room. Uh, you shouldn't let people bring coffee in the sanctuary. You, you, whatever you've done, uh, you've changed our worship schedules. You've changed our Sunday school literature, uh, whatever it is. I love what he says here, our writer. He said, when that happens, every bone in my body abhors the injustice of it in other words (laughs) this isn't fair you shouldn't be treating me this way i'm just doing what god's called me to do do you know who i am do you know who i am but he says but the peace of god surpasses all understanding and demands respect for my brethren i mean Mm. i don't i don't lean into i have a right to do this Mm. i lean into the peace of god when people yes and let's be honest pastors they come to you like before you go in the pulpit on sunday morning Or or you get one of those? We get oh, I love these, right? You get these calls, uh, a text or a call, Pastor. There's an issue we need to talk about. I'll I'll stop by a week from Thursday at two. Oh, it's the worst. (laughs) And you go, okay? Could you tell me what it is? No, we'll just talk about it a week from Thursday at two.
2: Oh man, I got one this week. Hey, Mark, we need to talk. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, well, I mean, I could talk. Yeah, I said, and I gave him some times because yeah. none of those will work. Uh. And like all day, I'm like, got a knot in my belly, right. and I'm like, what's wrong? Right. And then finally, I'm just like, man, well, let's just talk it out. And it didn't end up being anything. Right. But you know how that goes. You don't know what's
1: coming. So when that happens, <laughs> listen, guys, lean into to Philippians four, verse nine, and let the peace of yes, God. Yeah, that's right. That that goes beyond all understanding. Yep. That's a time for you to live what you believe. Amen. That's Easier right. Easier said than done. Yeah. But look where Paul was when he wrote this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he, he's living it out. That's right. For sure. Okay,
2: last two, really quick. Number six mm-hmm. is find something, anything, praiseworthy to focus on in your antagonists.
1: Okay, so when Paul's talking about these two ladies, he praises them, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Mm-hmm. They are good, yeah. good workers in the gospel that we mm-hmm. need. Yep. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, he calls them out because they're obviously causing conflict. And you know what? They they probably have people on their side. That's the problem with conflict. Mm -hmm. It's never limited to two people in your church. Exactly. It's always, well, I think he's not being – you know, people pick sides. We live in a world where everybody picks a side. Everybody picks a team, right? Not everybody, but most people do. And so I'm sure there were some people who were on the side of one lady. Some people were on the side of the other lady. and, And it was causing problems. But Paul reminds everybody that, hey, these people are important, Mm -hmm. and they have some good qualities. That's right. It's really hard when people are in conflict, and even when they're opposed to you, to step back and go, you know what? But they got some good mm-hmm. things going on. That is such a keen insight. And if you're for Paul.
2: mediating, which we do as pastors a lot, you're mediating. You need to draw those things out in one in each of these parties and help them see that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You've got to coach them through that. Yeah. Because sometimes pastors, because again, you, your presence in that room is either going to fuel this the antagonism or could say, you know, this is a good point. This is, you know, what I'm saying.
1: And I risk losing the whole audience here because I'm about to go off on a tangent. But um, I've been listening to. Uh, Stephen ambrose's book on eisenhower man what a great what a great book on eisenhower as he was the as he was uh, the uh, supreme commander and, and understand i'm no i the the struggle of being supreme commander over multiple national armies and all the stuff that went on and all the i mean we're talking montgomery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're talking Patton, we're talking men with huge egos from different cultures different, and he made all that work and and the one thing steve ambrose proves in his in this uh, biography of of uh, Eisenhower is Eisenhower was great at doing exactly what Paul did here. Mm, interesting. People who were he's able to even people like like Montgomery he had problems with and and Pat and others he was always able to at the same time affirm them in something and mm-hmm. and keep them feeling very much a part of the team and very much valued and that really helped him buy into the correction that he needed to make. Wow, that's good. If you don't affirm them, yeah. they'll just become your enemy. That's right. And so, you know, Paul could have just laid these ladies open and said, just straighten up your couple of you're really causing exactly, problems. Yeah. And they would have probably just shied into the corner. But he said, but you're important. Mm. You are good workers in the gospel. Mm-hmm. We need you. Yeah. Guys, can you just be a pastor who does that? Yeah, that's brilliant. Can that it's not so model brilliant. for us not to just fillet people when they do something wrong, but say there's still something. We need you. Amen. You're part of the yes. body. Yeah. What a great word. I love
0: that. I Let's love wind that. it up with this last point here. Uh, and, and, and this is, boy, we could, this could be a whole show, but how to find, find good role models and then continue practicing these things mm-hmm. that we've been talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. In other words, you, you, you haven't learned it with one solution. Mm-hmm. This is a constant
1: process. Yeah. Yeah, and of course our writer says here these wonderful words, Paul endured plenty of opposition from fellow believers. It's even included in Philippians 1. He knew what it's like to be mistreated, maligned, envied by those who are supposed to be on the same team, and yet he learned how to rejoice in the Lord, and he learned how to rejoice in the gospel through conflict, and he shows us how one behaves Mm -hmm. when the peace of God passes all understanding. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I
1: mean, the volatile situation between these two ladies provoked Paul to pen a beautiful portion of Scripture saturated with Mm -hmm. both the peace of God in Philippians 4-7— and, of course, we can't resolve every conflict. I mean, some opponents truly are dogs and evildoers, as Paul writes about in Philippians 3.2. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's make that clear. Yeah. But these two ladies are not dogs and evildoers. Right, mm-hmm. right. And most of the conflict in your church are not dogs and evildoers. So don't run directly to that.
2: And Exa- just assume that. And just assume yeah, that, that's Right.
0: right? That's a really important part. Well, that's how he wraps this article up. He says, Christians must not treat other Christians as opponents. There you mm-hmm. go. You know, but because we're going to be together with the Lord for eternity. Amen. Absolutely. We'll make plans.
1: Hey, the way you deal with conflict will have a lot to do with the success or failure of your ministry mm-hmm. and your marriage.
0: And it's one step at a time. And it's one you step just, at a time. You don't solve it within one day. No. You solve it step by step. And
1: look at the Bible for your guide. Yeah.
0: You've been listening to Revitalize and Replant with Mark Clifton talking about these steps to conflict resolution. I hope it's been beneficial to you and that uh, it will give you some steps in taking that next step forward in your ministry. Thanks for listening, and thanks uh, to the uh, North American Mission Board for sponsoring us and making this happen. And thanks to Spurgeon Library for hosting us for this this time. We appreciate that. Thanks for joining us today on Revitalize and Replant. This podcast is brought to you by the North American Mission Board, where we help dying or struggling churches regain health for the glory of God and the good of their communities. If you found this conversation helpful, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. To learn more about becoming a replanting pastor or to explore resources about revitalization for your own church, visit churchreplanters.com.